What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Squire. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well, and we are officially now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. On this episode of the TSK show, we discuss how we did with our brackets after the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Tyler and I also give our thoughts on the Sweet 16 matchups as well as a few other headlines from March Madness. Also, two premier athletes from their respective sports have announced their retirement over the past few days, so Tyler and I share our thoughts on their legacies. To close the show, we jump to the NBA where we talk about the quick rise and fall of Big Baller Brand, who the Rookie of the Year should be, what life was like the last time LeBron was not in the playoffs, and another player has been added to the 50-point club. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the sports kingdom. Welcome to the sports kingdom. Welcome to the sports kingdom. What's going on, TP? How you doing, man? Doing good. We're in the middle of the the madness. Yeah. It's March. It's yeah. More heartbreak than madness, but. Well, it's it's been pretty chalky this it's, uh no, it, this tournament. It's very vanilla. No yeah. no great Cinderella. Murray State was in Oregon. Well, Murray State only won one game, but that wasn't like a huge come out of nowhere thing. No, a lot of people had Murray State yeah. uh pulling off that upset and against Oregon Marquette. Oregon was so hot and they're a Pac-12 school that's not <laughs> Oregon can't really be Cinderella. Yeah, I mean they they won the Pac-12 tournament. So. Well, and they're a Pac-12 team in general. I, it's like I don't think a Power Five conference team could be Cinderella. Yeah, well, the real the real Cinderella could have been UC Irvine, but uh, yeah. they only they only made it to the, nah. the w- another game basically. Yeah. They they only played two games. Yeah. But in the first round, uh, let's kind of recap our our brackets a little bit. In the first round, I was only wrong about Mississippi State. Yale, Syracuse, Arizona State, Nevada, Cincinnati, Utah State, and Seton Hall. Uh, at the last second on Thursday morning, uh, I got it in before the buzzer. I, I had a change of heart, and I decided to to f- pick Arizona State and Yale to pull off upsets in uh, their respective matchups. So I had a total of 10 upsets. Uh, I went 7 of 10. Uh, because of Arizona State and Yale losing. But for my original eight upsets, the only one that I got wrong was Seton Hall. So the only favorite that I chose to lose uh, was Seton Hall, and they ended up winning. I had a pretty rough – I I had a pretty rough first round. I missed on ten. Oh, jeez. Uh, but a lot of them – I mean, I went with a lot of, uh, a lot of upsets in the first round because I think the tournament's all about how you finish at the top, so the first round – games you can have a little more fun with i guess and take a little more shots uh the 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 biggest heartbreaker for me watching it was the uh um god i was like jumping up and down uh that what was, was that the auburn game? new mexico state auburn new mexico state and i picked new mexico state they lost by one and god that game 
like I said, heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, to lose like that. That was crazy. Um, yeah. And then the sweet 16, I did all right after a bad first round. Um, I got 13 out of the 16, uh, but I lost Villanova and Villanova was a final four team. So I think overall my, my bracket's pretty shot as far as like being a really, really good bracket. It could still win, but it's probably a slim chance losing a final four team in the second round. Yeah, so in the round of 32, I had Maryland, Villanova, Kansas, and Ohio State wrong. So we both had Villanova going to the final four. Uh, it's never good when one of your final four teams doesn't make it past the first weekend. No, that's normally a, a indication that you're not going to have a great uh, end bracket. No. Uh, I had 12 of the 16 teams uh, correct for the Sweet 16, uh, so we're pretty we're pretty close. Uh, yeah. In fact, that we're tied in a three way tie for 17. Yeah, right points now. wise, yeah, because you had a much better first round. Yeah. So in the TSK Show bracket challenge, uh, in first place is Jim McElraith. Yeah, my man. Um, this guy's known me since I was born. I, oh, really? Shit, he might have been there when I was born. Oh, wow. Uh, this guy's like family to me, Jimbo. Shout out to Jimbo if you're listening, man. Uh, much love. I hope he wins. Definitely rooting for him. He's like family, so it's it's and he knows his shit. He uh, he was definitely a part of me becoming a sports fan when I was a kid. Yeah. So uh, in first place we got Jim McElroy. There's a three-way tie for second. My buddy Brian, uh, one of my fraternity brothers, he's uh, tied for second. Uh, we're in a three-way tie for 17th with my buddy Corey. Or, oh, no, it's a five-way tie. Excuse me. Bunch of 17s. Yeah, bunch of 17s. So we're 17 to 21. Uh, our good friend Corey Golov is in a three-way tie for 10th yeah. with one of my buddies, Taylor Kahn. Uh, and Blake is – Blake Anthony is tied <laughs> – for six, I'm just laughing so hard because they're just randomly talking about Corey and Blake's placement. I know. Blake Anthony is in a four-way tie for sixth. Who, with, if you don't know, Blake Anthony is a great follow on Twitter. Oh, you should definitely go follow. We actually got into a, a little discussion on Twitter today, me and Blake. What's his handle? Give him the plug. Oh, I, I gotta know. pull it up. I don't know it off the top of my head. Hold on, I'm getting. I mean, I'm gonna go with Blake Anthony 33, but it could be some sort of variation between those type of things. It's Blake, Blake Show. Th it's Blake, Blake Show 33. All right, Blake Show 33. If you're looking for a, a you know entertaining Twitter follow, prefacing it, he's a Celtics fan, so uh, there's a lot of Lakers slander out there. Yeah, well, yeah. I didn't. I didn't say he's not an asshole. I say he's entertaining. <laughs> we love you, Blake. Uh, who else we got? Uh, the reigning champ, my buddy Alan Goldfarb, uh, is not doing so hot. He's tied for 25th, so he's definitely not going to be repeating as a hey, you never know. TSK is show bracket champ, champ. Is his champ still alive? Gonzaga is still alive. Is that, he's got a shot. All right. I think the winner, the winning pick is like 320 points. I think it's the equivalent to getting every pick right in the first round. Oh, wow. So it's all that's, about that's a big bump. Yeah, because every round is there's a possible 320 points. Yeah. So every round it gets divvied in half, you know. So every game is more. You know. Right, right, right. Uh, but what were what were some of your favorite games from uh from the first weekend? Oh my God! Well, I mean, the Duke UCF game was crazy. That was definitely it wasn't my favorite game. Well, I think it's been the uh, most exciting game of the tournament. 
with right up there with uh, uh, Auburn, New Mexico State. Yeah, New Mexico State. That yeah. was a, that was a great one. Um, but man, I mean, obviously, I always love watching North Carolina win. Uh, yeah, they've been playing well. But dude, I mean, even though I hate the ending. I got to go with the Duke UCF game because, dude, it was so awesome to watch. For are we getting into this right now? Yeah, we can get we can I, get as uh, as deep like, into it as you want. Is uh, you know, there's so many different little storylines going on for me as like you know, being involved with Duke basketball so intensely. I knew that like the coach played for Coach K. You know, Johnny Dawkins played yep. for Coach K's original Final Four team in the eighties. Yep, um, he was the is, he was uh, the most valuable player in the tournament that year. So yeah, and hit, and it was his first Final Four team. Yep. And then uh, so Coach K wasn't Coach K at the time. No. Uh, and then his son, you know, Andre Dawkins, uh, Aubrey, Aubrey, excuse me, uh, Aubrey Dawkins. Um, you know, he's playing against not only his dad's alma mater but his older brother's alma mater. Yes. So he is the only one that doesn't have the Duke tie, and he came out and he showed it. I mean, oh, he he, he played, played am- very well. He played amazing, and that was like the heartbreak of, was the Dawkins family for me. Is like, man, they wanted that game so bad. They could have lost the next game, and it had been fine. But to get Duke in the tournament. Yeah, as just with all the family stuff would have been so big time, and then Taco man, what did I <laughs> Taco say? What, Fall? What did I say? He's that, an NBA player, dude. He is. He definitely is, and he's definitely improved like every single year. It's crazy. I remember when he was terrible. I mean, when he couldn't be on the court. Oh, he was one of the most uncoordinated and dude, guys he, I've ever seen. And he still looks like kind of trashy, you know what I mean? Like player hoopers are still gonna be like, ah, this guy's trash. But dude, if Bobon can get a contract, Taco can get a contract. But size can't size can't hurt you, even if it's dude, not he doing that. He doesn't have to jump to dunk. And he was he was awesome to watch against against them. He he, I liked his attack with um, with Zion was to just jump into him. Yeah, exactly. He you know a couple of times he fouled him. A couple of times he got away with the foul. A couple of times he didn't foul him. You know, I mean, I think it was pretty evenly, like, it was pretty played pretty down the middle. Uh, I don't think anyone bested anybody, but he was fun to watch. And uh, and it went down to the wire, and I thought for sure, I mean, I was sitting on the floor, like, right in front of my TV, just crouching down, waiting <laughs> for that game winner, and for it to go out twice. Inches. Twice, Inches. you know, the, the leading scorer got a great look, and then to get – Dawkins to have that tip in for the win. Oh, a great game nonetheless. Yeah. And uh, what was what was cool was, I mean, all the talk before the game was how Zion was going to fare that, against someone like Taco. That best game I ever saw Cam Reddish play. For, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, and then, Z- yeah, and then Zion did some spectacular things. It, he tweaked an ankle. He, he, you know, Taco got the best of him once or twice. But Taco doesn't really show me anything as far as like Zion's ability to play against NBA players. Yeah, no. But there's no, there's no, there is no guy like him. Did you hear that they said he's in the top 40 tallest people in the world? Taco falls in the top 40 tallest people in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, at seven six, that yeah, doesn't no, makes, really surprise no, me. No, it makes sense. But, but like, like when you say it like that, yeah, it's like, it, oh wow, that's like, a pretty he cool. He walks around like I'm, there's only like 40 people in the world that are taller than me. Yeah. Damn. I wonder where he ranks in the top 40. I, I mean, I guess I got to assume right at the back end of it. or they Yeah, would, maybe. You know, 
say a higher. I number. feel like there's probably forty people, and it's like a lot of ties. Yeah, no, I'm sure there are a lot of <laughs> set, like when it's that that high up there. Well, Yao Ming's probably on that list. No, nah, he's taller than Yao Ming. By like what? Two inches? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I haven't done the research or the math yet. Yeah, but. well. But let, let's look, look. Let's look forward to the Sweet Sixteen. Yep. Um, I think one of the most intriguing matchups and probably the on well the biggest upset is gonna gonna maybe be oregon over virginia yeah that's it that's a tough call for me because virginia had such a poor that's a trap game for virginia 100 percent, it's a trap game because they have everything to lose oregon's riding a hot streak and they're a 12 seed so they really aren't supposed to be here no not at all uh so they've got nothing to lose and they've got kids that can hit you know they're making they, shots they have pac-12 recruits like they got guys who can play they have they they if they can get them, you know, out of that half court, set it up, knock them down st- style that Virginia plays, that tough half court defense, if they can get them into the open a little bit and knock down shots, that they they can definitely beat this team. Yeah, and then the Gonzaga Florida State game is going to be a great game. Uh, I think yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, be a battle. It's going to be a battle of the bigs. It's going to be interesting because Florida State, I think the their kind of headline is they're the lengthiest team in yeah. the tournament. Yeah. Um, which is, like, dangerous to teams that don't have it. Like, Gonzaga isn't necessarily the most athletic team, but I think that their IQ and their skill level is going to be able to beat out people that are just athletic. Like, length cannot beat Gonzaga by itself. Yeah. Like, obviously, Florida State has more than just length, but I don't think they have enough to to beat Gonzaga. Yeah, no, I I think Gonzaga is still going to make it to the Final Four. Gonzaga just, like, they just keep looking. If it's not Duke, then I don't know, you know. North Carolina, well, obviously, but if it's not Duke, Gonzaga could do it all this year for sure. Well, and what worries me now about Duke is they've now had a game that tested them. And that's what you need in this tournament to yeah. where it came down to the wire. wake your ass up. Exactly. The, Duke has been And they shouldn't have won that game. I mean, you know, Duke had no business winning that game. They had they played hard though, and it's not like they didn't earn it cuz at the end, you know, they did make shots. But they've been riding on a cloud this entire year, and they finally had a game that tested them with Zion. Just with the with the Dawkins family, man, it really pissed me off because, <laughs> you know, Dawkins gets pushed in the back by RJ on that on that free throw. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I mean, I and but that's whatever. I mean, shit like that happens all the time. I'm not saying that's a defined moment. I'm just saying from the Dawkins perspective. Yeah. He, he gets pushed to the back by RJ. RJ gets it, makes the bucket to go up. Yeah, you know. It was and then tough. on it the other tough. end, he gets a clean look at the tip in. Literally, which, again, like tip ins, like you know, that's kind of a fifty-fifty scenario to me, probably with yeah. A, and with listen, a he, player. he had to out jump like three, four guys to get up there. And the play, you know, and BJ Taylor's shot, you know, a lot of the times people, if yeah, you the could, layup was just as close as the tip. Well, in. and you could say maybe foul, you know, like it was. He, there was definitely contact. I'm not saying it's a foul, and right. I'm not, but. I'm, again, just from the Dawkins' perspective, it's just yeah. a tough L to, to eat, man. Well, it's always a tough L when you lose to your yeah, former but, coach. And that's just – it just all all of that was um, was so crazy. But I think it definitely woke Duke up, and I think Duke's going to for sure ride it out to, to the Final Four, even though I think LSU and Michigan State both have a chance at winning their matchup. LSU – well, LSU and Michigan State are playing each other. Because I think, yeah, that's what I mean. I think either one of those teams have a shot at winning that game to play Duke. Oh, go ahead got to you, play got you. Duke. It's an even matchup is what you're but saying. But I don't, I don't know if, like, I don't know if 
you know, they can beat Duke. LSU's really surprised me with e- well, and people had LSU a lot higher at, as far as talent wise, um, but they've kind of like slid off at the, the the back end a little bit. Well, and they've also they also have a lot going on with their coach being involved with the FBI. Yeah, it, I thought yeah. that was going to take a toll, but yeah, it really they really kind of turned it around and turned it into really a rallying cry. So they're definitely LSU to me is one of the more like dangerous teams that are like no one's talking about. Um, Virginia Tech, I think they're going to get smoked. Uh, they've already gotten smoked by Duke. Yeah. So I I like Gonzaga and Duke to still ride to the Final Four. Um, I st- I still think North Carolina and Kentucky are bound to meet up. Tennessee is definitely on. Uh, I think Tennessee is a team that could definitely beat Virginia or Oregon. Um, but Tennessee is a team that I, like I didn't originally pick them to come out. Neither of this did bracket. I. I picked Villanova, who lost, but Tennessee is is looked impressive every time I watch them play. I don't know a ton about them, but they're a two seed for a reason, and they have one of the best players in the tournament, which always gives you a yeah. shot. And then North Carolina, I think North Carolina is one of the 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 better matchups. Yeah, they they have the an easier 16. route. Yeah, uh, Auburn is is good, but I think their luck's run out. Yeah, North Carolina is – I think their first struggle is going to be next round. Even though Washington played them pretty well early and uh, Iona, I think it was, first round. Iowa. Played, no, in the first round, North Carolina. Sorry, oh, not, sorry. Not, North Carolina, even though they had troubles in both first halves, I think that ultimately like Duke, it, it should help them to open up better against Auburn and get this dub. Hey, Houston, Kentucky, though, I don't know who's winning that game either. I, I think Kentucky's ultimately going to win that game. I didn't have Houston making it this far. I thought they were going to get upset by Ohio State. I have Houston. I I have Houston as my uh, Elite Eight team. All right. I have them winning. I have them beating Kentucky. And I, and I have Kentucky, so uh, that'll be interesting to see. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, we got to shout out UW uh, because they won a game in the tournament. Yeah. Uh, and then they they made it so. Uh, I th- they played Oregon, right? No, they put they played North Carolina. Or, yeah, excuse me. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. I don't know what I'm thinking of UCI. UCI played Oregon. Yeah. Yep. Which was a great draw for Oregon. There's been so many games this weekend. It's, it's a <laughs> it was a great great draw for Oregon to get that one. Yeah. In the second round. Um but I mean March Madness itself, the first weekend, it's it's one of the best times in sports. Yeah. Uh we had a chance to watch basically every game the together first, on Thursday. First, yeah, the first four days are are definitely some of the best in sports. Yeah. Um, uh, but it'll be Yeah, I heard someone say it's the second best um sports event to the Olympics in, in the world. I wouldn't put the Olympics as the first. Yeah, it's tough though with the world well, draw. With the world aspect, but yeah. I mean March Madness isn't and, a world and draw. Just like the Huh? March Madness no, isn't no, a world that, draw. Which I think makes is saying something to it, you know? Yeah. Like, ahead of the World Cup? Yeah, it's definitely ahead of the World Cup. I'd put March Madness over over Man, the Olympics. Tough. Huh? I'd I'd watch March Madness well, over the Well, yeah, but you're a basketball Olympics. fan. Okay, but, so take away basketball, then everything else is, like, way better. You know what I mean? I guess. That's what I'm saying. I think it's a compliment. Like a high, no, it's a, a very high, high compliment. A high compliment. And the tourney's definitely up there as one of the best uh, sporting events in, in the world. Yeah. Um, so I learned a crazy fun fact uh, about the tournament. The highest percentage of m- male vasectomies happens in the month of March. So they c- so guys can stay home from work and watch the tournament. 
That's smart, man. People are fucking smart. <laughs> like, like how <laughs> hats off to those guys, man. They're well, thinking. And Buffalo Wild Wings, our former employer, created a special bar stool to that like has like an ice pack in it. No. I swear to God, dude. Wow. America, man. We we know we know what's important. <laughs> we have our priorities in check. God damn it. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I gotta see this. Yeah. Wow. So I gotta think of something good for next year. Dude, we need to come up with a million dollar idea. And just no, just something to do to get out of work. <laughs> I'm just I gotta I think just, of something. I, honestly I just always request it off. Yeah, well, there's that route, I guess. Just let them know, hey, I'm gonna be busy those those couple those days. Those guys getting vasectomies are probably fucking getting paid though to be off. Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. But all right, let's let's talk about a few other uh, March Madness headlines, and I also have uh, some March Madness trivia for you. Let's do it. Uh, I got three three trivia questions that we'll do in a in a minute, but uh, I want to talk about Tom Izzo uh, because obviously there's a lot to be said uh, with what happened with him and freshman forward Aaron Henry. Uh, they got into a verbal altercation during Michigan State's first round game uh, in the NCAA tournament. And Coach Izzo has been facing a lot of backlash for his actions towards uh, towards his player. But even with the backlash, uh, former Michigan State players and even Aaron Henry himself came out and defended Izzo. And Aaron Henry said uh, basically he wasn't offended. Uh, There's a quote uh, going around uh, from one of his postgame uh, press conferences. Uh, Aaron Henry said, uh, I know what I signed up for. My family did too. I'm all for it. Um, I kind of just wanted to get your thoughts because yeah, no, I think I, mean, uh, I feel I feel like we have very similar thoughts. Yeah, no, on I this mean, and I, people, yeah, no, I mean, duh, <laughs> like that's all I had to say. Duh, all the players and and duh, he has the player that was actually in the altercation has his back because if you've pl- ever played sports at any sort of level where you gave a shit, it don't even have to be like big time. I mean, no. if you gave a shit, you were passionate about it and. Coaches in general, and and I'm t- and we're not talking about a coach in general here. We're talking about one of the best basketball coaches ever in history. In history, and and, uh, and a college coach, so a groomer of young men, like yeah, not just a basketball coach. I mean, he doesn't get these kids for contracts. Yeah, well, different version of a contract, but you get he the knows point. his kid. The point is, is that most coaches know their kids. They know what they can say and what they can do with certain personalities that react differently, you know, and, uh, some, some players, you probably couldn't have done that, you know, yeah. maybe they're emotionally unstable and they would have like reacted, but this kid, he obviously felt comfortable with doing and they're passionate competitive people in, in that kind of stage. It's just like, if you've played sports and given a shit, you know what happened. Yeah. And it's not like, it's similar to like when Des Bryant, well, it's not. It's I think it was Des Bryant w- went on, you know, it, what looked like a rampage on the sideline, but really he was just firing his team up. He basically, was fired up. You yeah, know? like sometimes that you know, just because we're a little fragile as far as like society's view on. Things, At least in today's day and age. Yeah, it's it's just the nature of the beast. So people want to like take defense like he's crossing some line right and this this was that perfect he's not crossing the line this was that perfect scenario of where that line in the sand is drawn it's like you're on you're on either this side of the argument or you're on that side of the argument and it's basically the old school especially since the kid doesn't get like 
that attitude of we know what we signed up like yeah dude they they love it they love this guy this guy's like a dad you know what well I mean? and the big the big thing was is like they got into this verbal altercation the kid wasn't having a great game he ends up missing a dunk like two minutes after the whole altercation happens so obviously obviously everyone's jumping to conclusions like that messed with his psyche and all of that yeah. but it's it's not like the tom izzo had a bob knight scenario where he put hands on a kid no it's it was yeah it's nothing like it's just this is just a coach like a it's coach. just something that people on the outside want to pick at i don't think any basketball person uh that i know would have an issue with it a lot of a lot yeah. of people did a lot of people did and it was yeah. really surprising to me how many yeah. people and a lot how many former players had an issue with that because it's like well yeah we just have it's a, it's a sensitive society you know so that people just take strong s stances well, on either and, side of it and tom Izzo said it's like what am i what what am I supposed to do? Like I'm supposed, I'm correcting his mistake. We're not supposed to have mistakes this late in the season. We're in the tournament. It's yeah. do or die. I I don't think that there was anything wrong with it. And I didn't think there was either. I think most athletes would feel the same way. Yeah, but uh, he. Uh, but again, some people have other perspectives. You know, some people know Tom Izzo the way we don't. Or they think about him in this certain light, played against them, coached with them, you know, whatever yeah. they, you know, maybe they have something against that. There's a, you know, their personal experience with a coach like that. Maybe they didn't have a good experience, so they yeah. think that kid's not having a good experience. Yeah, they don't think it that like, type what's of he coaching supposed works. To do? Like he can't. This is Tom Izzo. Like if the kid speaks out against the coach, he's fucked. You know. Yeah, it's like Tom but, Izzo versus a freshman. I, I get it, but at the same time, I think that everybody knows in this certain. You know this specific scenario. It like, was all it was all good. I I can safely say that me and you have both played for a coach like that. Yeah, no, I've had coaches that that like yell at me. And yeah, like for sure. Want you know want to freak out and uh, yeah, it's just you I've ever, had coaches come come at me. You have know? you ever like, had a coach cuss you out? Yeah, same. Yeah, but like that. Yeah, and that's it's just part yeah, of it it's part even, of it even in games i've had you know coaches yell at me yep you know that's just like what happens yeah it's it's a part of the sport dude my my high school football <laughs> coach when i would walk yeah, exactly past you played him, football i didn't even I, play when football. i would walk past him at, at, at school like not in pads or nothing he would he would hit like players in the chest so hard like slap them in the chest when they if they weren't paying attention oh, or whatever, man. and he was walking, just catch them off guard. Yeah, it's just like, and just people on the outside, like they saw, they could say all sorts of shit. But dude, my my that's not the same. I'm not comparing, but my varsity basketball coach was my teacher. Coaches, yeah, well, like they all are. Well, but like I actually had class with yeah. him. Like, can like, yeah. well, for most people, that's the case. Yeah, yeah, not everyone goes to a thirteen thousand kid school or whatever you went to. No, it was not that many. My, oh, big school, you know. What my I high meant. school had twenty two hundred kids. That's a lot. I graduated with like nine fifty. That'd be the biggest classification in Washington for sure. Damn, that's crazy. We're the third classification. Yeah, like I said, most people their football <laughs> coach is a teacher that they had. <laughs> um, but all right, so we got our thoughts out on that. Uh, now you're big time. North Carolina fan, as duly noted. Yeah. Is this the most well liked Duke team ever? Uh, oh no, that's kind of that's kind of hard to uh, um, figure out. You know, I thought about this question because 
there's been a lot of favor you know there's been a lot of favorite duke uh teams I zion is definitely up there as like probably the most polarized and covered duke basketball player ever yeah just because of his time when when he was there he was there during you know this social media age and the following and he, he came in with a ton of hype you know he's super likable he's super fun to watch play um so just because of zion like he could eat they could easily be the most favorite team ever I just I but a lot of these teams that were stacked and had all the players that were there for a long time were but they were but they were also hated you know exactly they were they weren't really well liked by the rest of the country yeah, like the one I'm, and done thing helps because a lot of players like the best players in the a lot of people like the best players in the country right so they just stick to they'll root for yeah, Duke for uh, a year yeah yeah and then as yeah, soon as they don't like get Kentucky a recruit they like they the, go back to hating them yeah but like I've like I've never seen this well liked of a duke team in my lifetime yeah it probably there probably is like the least amount of hate out there i guess right now because it's not like you know the it's not the classic duke team yeah you know they've definitely turned into a one and done factory yeah coach k coach k and calipari have really perfected it yeah well and what's funny is i've talked about this a couple times is you know north carolina used to get the big time like high draft pick yep players that would stay you know they would leave early and then and they had the nba talent and 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 duke was more of the playing juniors and seniors their players might get drafted but weren't necessarily the best players in the nba or or whatever yeah um now it's just completely flip-flopped you know north carolina starting three seniors yeah uh duke's got four freshmen yeah, all in the starting lineup, and, and know, probably three yeah. of the three of the top five. Yeah, that's a recent Duke trend for sure. Yeah, so all right, JJ is like what I always think of. You know what I mean? If you're you hated around, JJ, well, if, if when you're if you're around watching college ball at that time, uh, at that age, like you can't compare this team now because of the the day and age. Yeah, and how sports are covered and how athletes are covered. Yeah, this team. I think this but team like, has gotten I, the most I exposure. I wasn't. A, I wasn't aware for Leitner and Hurley. Yeah, because I think they would have been the the other one. But it's like those guys, and then it's Redick. Yeah, you know, like to me, Redick is like Duke basketball. That is who I think if everyone closes their eyes and and had the picture of Duke athlete, like they see. They see J.J. Redick or they yeah. see Christian Leitner. Yeah. Um, and so the J.J. one is why I think, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily the most popular because people love J.J. and and all those guys he played with. And, and a lot of people hated him, too. A lot of people hated him. So, I mean, that in that regard, you know, there probably is the least amount of hate. Yeah. Uh, this year. All right. So I did some research and I came up with three – March Madness trivia questions that I wanted to throw your way to see if uh, you could get them right. Let's do it. All right. Who is the only coach to win an NCAA championship and an NBA championship? Oh, oh man. Um, I, I, I have four options no, no, if you no, want no, me to throw no, them no. at Give you. Give me a second. Give me a second. Because uh, it's, it's a weird one. It's not really that weird. Um, Pretty legendary. Huh? Pretty legendary. Yeah. Coach a lot of great players. Uh, uh, man. I, you want me I, to give you the four I, options? I, no, I'm going to take one guess. Okay. 
God, I don't know, though. I don't know if you want. Just throw know. the dart at the wall. I don't know if you want one in a head coach. Head coach. Throw the one. Throw a dart at the wall. No, I don't think you want one in the NBA. Say I, it. I, Larry Brown. Very good. You got it right. Was that it? Yeah. <laughs> Larry fucking Brown, my dog. Larry Brown. He won the national title at Kansas in 98, and he beat the first super team, Lakers, with the Pistons yeah, in 04. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, see? like I was yeah. just like drawing the blank of what the NBA team was. Yeah. Because all I can think of when he's in the NBA is Iverson, which is a That's, shame because like he coached everyone. Yeah. And I'm a huge – like the, he's like a top five coach to me. Yeah. Um, so, so Larry Brown, the only coach in history to mm-hmm. win an NCAA championship nice, and an NBA championship. Nice. For some reason, his name, like you, right when you answered it, it popped in my head. That was it. So I must have like looked this up in you know my Larry Brown maybe wormholes. Yeah, you've gotten plenty of rabbit holes on basketball so, reference. Yeah. Uh, all right. Who next. are the other names that you had thrown out there? I was just gonna. I was just throwing out names: Pat yeah. Riley, Coach K, and Rick Pitino. Well, Rick, okay. Rick well, Pitino was the one that was gonna throw you off because he's coached in both. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Pat Riley is only coached in the NBA, yeah. and Coach K is only coached in college. Yeah, they're. Um, Someone, someone has like a title with the WNBA, the NBA, and like college basketball or something. Whoa. But they, but I he wasn't a head coach. That's why like I clarified when. Maybe it's Michael Cooper. Yeah. Because he coached the Sparks for a while. Is that is that it? Might like be. They, it might be honestly. Because he won, but he never was a coach in the NBA. No, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't head coach. It's just a ring from like the NBA, the WNBA, and like college ball. It might be Michael Cooper. Yeah. Who knows. Shout out, shout game. out, Loop. <laughs> All right, next question: Who has scored the most points in an NCAA tournament game? Who has scored the? M- oh shit, um, Ralph Sampson. No. Damn. Okay, what is it? Give me some. Give me. I'll give you four. I options. just went with my gut reaction because last time my gut <laughs> reaction worked out. All right. Oh, wait. I'll Man. give you four. I'll give you four options. Man, I'm trying to think of like the biggest like scoring in a tournament game. In a tournament game. Any game. And yeah. Doesn't matter. Oh man. God. All right. I don't think you're gonna get this. No, nah, it's tough. It uh, is very tough. Cause I didn't get it when I was looking this up. Yeah. So you got four names? Yeah, I got four names. And you don't think that I know this name just off top? No, I don't think you know this name off top. Okay, so it's someone cool. Oh well, I don't know if he's that cool. All right, well let's see. All right. Four options. Michael Jordan. Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, Austin Carr. Well, you can't put those three names with Austin Carr. Well, hey. I know who Austin Carr is, though. He has the record. Yeah, Austin Carr scored 61 in 1970 for Notre Dame. Wait, what? In what year? 1970. Oh, we're talking about a different Austin Carr then. Yeah. Um, Damn, 61 in a tourney game? Yeah, 61 in 1970. This was before the three-point line, too. Austin Carr, man. I thought that's the dude from the 90s that wore, like, Oakleys while he played. No, but that's tight. You, you don't know You don't know who I'm talking about? No, two, I don't. Two R's? No. Yeah, two R's. Austin Carr, Notre Dame. 1970. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I must be thinking of someone with a uh, different first name. Maybe. Yeah. You just looked him up. You found him. 
Yeah, but this is not who I was thinking of. That's why it's it must be a di- it must be a different uh, first name. This guy played for the Jazz. Oh, that's cool. In like the mid nineties. All right. Or with like Stockton, Malone, and those guys. All right, I got one more question for you. Yeah, let's do it. All right, who was the last back-to-back champion in college basketball? Well, it's got to be Florida. Yeah. yeah, very good. Florida in 2006, 2007. Who else has ever done it? Well, I don't know. I didn't, well, Duke I didn't go did that in the ni- Duke did it in the 90s. Obviously, UCLA did it a bunch of fucking times. Well, well yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think too many people have ever done that. The, uh, the Anton op- Carr. Oh, okay. I do know who Anton Carr is. Yeah, wore the fucking. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um. No, the the options I was going to give you was Duke, UConn, Florida, and Kentucky, because they yeah. have all. Billy, Billy Donovan was honestly in the mix for that coach that when that was running through, but I was like, nah. He never won one in the league yet. Yeah. Um, what's up, what's also an even crazier list is active NCAA coaches with more than one. Uh, with more than one title. Shashevsky, Calhoun. Oh, not he's not active anymore. Yeah, exactly. Shashevsky, Williams. Uh, Jay Wright. Yeah, Jay just, Wright. Who just got the two out of the last three years. Yeah, Jay Wright. And that's it. And that's it. Yeah, because all the all the guys that have mo- all the guys that you think of like Bayheim, Izzo, they only got one. one. Uh, Calipari, one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because Jim Calhoun's not active anymore, and he's Jim, got three. Jim Calhoun and uh, uh, Patino. Yep, they got and, multiple. Uh, someone else. Someone else was recent to retire too. That that had. Oh uh, no, I don't Bill think Self has one. I was yeah. Well, see, that's not two. Well, I'm just saying. Uh, no, the I don't think the Arizona um, Lute Olson. I don't think he had multiple. No, they only won one. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, only three. Only three. In the in the country with multiple rings, yeah, and ba- basically it's like Shashevsky way up here. He's got five. Well, I mean, Roy, I mean Roy Williams has four, so it's yeah. not like he's way behind. But I'm just saying, like as far as the coaching lore, you know, Roy Williams doesn't get mentioned like Coach K get mentioned, even though he's right up there with him. Oh yeah, I, I mean Roy Williams and Coach K, I would put Jay Wright in four years went from being like a great college coach that was like the guy that coached Villanova to being one of the best coaches of all time. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Once you win multiple national championships with the yeah. same school, it's yeah. kind of like, it like especially that. when you do it 2 out of 3 years. Yeah, did it like that. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's and he's got he's got some seniors left on those teams. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um so a little update. Uh it just came in. I missed the call cuz uh we were recording, but I just got a text message. And I haven't told Tyler about this uh since my first initial uh reaching out to this person. But uh, if you're a big-time Laker fan, uh, you know uh, there's a guy who sits courtside with a bunch of signs. Yeah, this guy. Um, Who I did not know. Yeah, Tyler did not know know this guy exists, but he's been a season ticket holder for the Lakers for over 30 years. Plus, he's got to be someone where you're, like, watching, like, the cable, like, local cable that you see him. Or or on national television, television, he is usually, like, let's say ESPN is broadcasting there on the opposite sideline. Oh, yeah, because he sits there. Yeah, he sits right behind the ESPN broadcast usually. But the ESPN is never going to cut to some guy. No, you can can see him sometimes, like, in the background. Yeah. Um, but I, he followed me on Twitter. So I reached out to him to get him on the show to kind of talk about like his Laker fandom. And he's got some, I'm sure crazy stories over the past 30 plus years of being a, a season ticket holder. I, 
I kind of wanted to just bring him on the show to yeah. to talk about uh, his story and what made. So him one of my goals in life, for sure, is to be a season ticket holder. Oh, for yeah, sure. Well, that was that's like, been one of my goals since I was a kid. Yeah, for sure. It's like the best. That's like the best thing you could have. You know. Like, yeah. That's like the first thing I'd buy if I got rich. <laughs> so he, he oh, no, mess. He, I basically messaged him on Twitter, reaching out to him, basically saying I I would like to have you on the podcast and everything. And he finally messaged me back yesterday saying, do you have a cell phone number? Uh, like, let's talk, like, let's discuss. And so I sent him my cell phone number. He just called me while we were talking about uh, doing the March Madness trivia. And he sent me, uh, he texted me a <laughs> bunch of pictures of that's him so at the games that's so funny. with the sign. So when we get done with this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a call and try and get him on the show. That's hilarious. Just sending pics. That's what yeah. an interesting guy. Yeah, let's get this guy in the booth. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try and get the Lakers sign guy uh on the podcast. But let's uh let's move on because there were two marquee athletes uh from two different sports that have retired over the past week. And uh kinda wanted to talk about their legacies. Yeah, no, both great legacies. Yeah, so both short careers. Yeah, got out quick, made a lot of money. Short career, high, you know, high peaks. Um, I mean, pretty well liked, I would say, just universally. You know, even the people that don't, you know, Patriots are hated, fighters are hated. Uh, but at the same time, you still can find a way to like Connor and like Gronk because of their antics, the people they are off, off the field, out of the octagon. You know, Connor was like, Connor step the you know he put the bar up for fighters to get paid you know he, yeah he's a he's a legend he did his thing i mean he had an insane run you know for a couple years as far as being like a great you know a great fighter he you know he did have a good run for a couple years it wasn't as long as you know most greats but what he did you know and how he impacted the sport yeah with the contracts and getting paid well, and I, is definitely what he's going to be remembered for and that's why he kind of has haters and lo you know love. I believe he was also the first person to win a belt and hold a belt in two, two different weight classes yeah, at the same time. Definitely, and but I still don't think that that's what he'll be remembered for. No, no, I don't. Uh, I don't I think, think it'll so always be the money. He was so good at talking that, uh, you know, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of so him. So am I. Um, and then you know Gronk. I can't say enough good things about. Yeah. Gronk. So uh, obviously we're talking about Conor McGregor and Gronk uh, announcing their retirements. Uh, to me, Gronk unsurprisingly announced his retirement. Uh, but Drew Rosenhaus, his agent, has already hinted that if things weren't going well for the Patriots next season, and yeah, that's a little insurance policy, and Gronk, out there for Gronk got a call from Tom Brady basically yeah. saying, "I need you." Rosenhaus wouldn't be surprised if Gronk came back. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things with that. You know, you could pick apart. Like I said, it's a free insurance policy. Like, yeah. hey. You know, like if he does, you know, for Rosenhaus' point of view, you know, if he does Rob, if Rob changes his mind, then yeah. he's, he just, you know, he's planted that seed already in their, in their brains. Another thing he's saying, I think, is that he's not like, I think he's ready to walk away. And literally the only thing that could probably keep him from is Tom. Is Tom. Yeah. Call personally like yeah. ask him to come back. Be like, because, yo, I need you, dog. But uh, I think he's beat up and he's tired and, he did it great. He did it a great way. Sometimes when you leave on top like this, you know he's walking away a champ, 
and and, and he's walking away in his 20s. Dude, and, and he didn't spend a dime, supposedly, of his football money. Yeah, and he made a shitload of money at, he, at he's, endorsements. He's lived he off entire off of his endorsements entirely. He's not, he's not a guy that's like he's a partier in the sense of like he can drink fucking beer and and be in a fucking stupid Dude, he's just Tommy a meathead. Bahama he's shirt. a meathead. Yeah, exactly. And the, he doesn't need like luxurious shit. He does not no. buy him. He's very he, simple. He doesn't have to buy bottle, you know, bottle service every night and like all this crazy shit. I think he's a little more down to earth as far as that goes. Um, and so financially, I think he just had his head on his shoulders as far as like he wasn't going to spend it um, and or he was going to save. And he was making so much money off of endorsements. There was no need to. Yeah, know? exactly. So, I mean, Gronk is basically set up for I don't the think future. It, you know, I, I, for from what I know about the family, they didn't need the money. No. Uh, obviously, he put them in a different lane, but they didn't need the money. The The other brothers were pros. Yeah. They don't need the money. Yeah. So, it's like, it's a pretty good, you know, situation for him to be yeah. smart. And then with... He's Co- also a lot smarter than people. Oh, 100% a lot smarter he, than people he, give him credit a, for. Like you said, he he's plays a meathead, a meathead on he's TV. A big, he's, a big, he's a big dumbass, but... He's one of the Listen, go- he's one of the goats, dude, man. He played for the Patriots, and everybody loves him. He's that a f- never happens. Yeah, and I mean, listen, he was smart enough to not spend a dime of his football money, and basically not end up as a statistic. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he was yeah, which is cool. I mean, it's cool that he he was able to do that, but he was also given some other opportunities that not everyone gets. Hundred percent with. All the endorsements and well, you know, and being a champion and, and being, being a patriot a cha- helps that. Yep. So it's not really it's not really apples to apples, but he I think he didn't do anything wrong throughout his entire career. Nope. He was only likable, and he was even more likable out of pads. Yeah. So I think that's where his legacy really lies. Is, what do you think? Is, is party Gronk? You know, people love seeing him chug a beer. Yeah. Just as much as they love him scoring a touchdown. Well, so I was listening to uh, to Pat McAfee's podcast, and he was like, when you shoot something into the trash can, what do you say? Kobe. When you spike a football, what do you say? Yeah, Gronk, probably. I yeah, Gronk. It's a Gronk spike. Yeah. So, like, just simple as that. Yeah, the Gronk spike was invented after I played, so, you know, I never played during the Gronk spike But era. Y- you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I do. I get you. Uh, and then, for me... Conor McGregor is very interesting because he's done this once before. In 2016, he tweeted, I've decided to retire young. Thanks for the cheese. Catch you later. And that was all a ploy to get more money. And that all goes into what. Well, that's what he's doing now. I mean, you think so. You don't think he's actually retired? No, fuck no. I like I would bet everything I have. that. All right. So we're on the same page here that we see him fight again. I'm just saying that like. This is what he does. He makes you reflect his legacy. He puts it in your brain that he's walking away, and he can walk away. I mean, he does. He that dude, is his, an, his that, whiskey business is killing it. Yeah, that is an oh, dude, and I mean, he's already got so much fucking money. You know, what yeah, I mean? he doesn't he's need good. to fight anymore. But uh, he can if he wants to, and he will want to eventually. He'll get bored and want to fight because he doesn't need the wins. He doesn't, you know, he he'll want to fight to compete and to get paid. Yeah. So I Gronk, mean, though, I on the other hand, I think that w- I think there's a smaller chance we see Gronk play again. What do you think is next for Gronk? I mean, he's probably just going to kill it at whatever you know, whatever he decides. You to think do. he goes to the Monday Night Football booth? 
that'd be cool. You know, I, it would be. <laughs> see, I don't think that would work. But I don't think that's what he's gonna do. I just don't see him as someone that wants to be like in a suit talking about football. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I see him more of enjoying his life. I think he's going to do not that. Not that you're not enjoying your life, but I think he's going to do something in acting or I think, yeah, something. I think, yeah, exactly. I just think he's something gonna, in entertainment, it's going to be more gronkish than like, like I said, I just don't see him, even though it'd be cool. I'd be down with him on Monday night. I'd be down with him on the field. I'm down with him in a booth, like here, you know, hearing him commentate, whatever would be funny. Yeah. But I don't, I don't see that like in it, what he wants to do and in his personality yeah he's gonna do something awesome yeah become a pro at some fo- like curling or something you know <laughs> he, you know he's gonna do something weird dude, have you seen the the former nfl player yeah. curling team yeah dude yeah. that's so dope isn't a bunch of is it green bay packers or uh, jared allen is one of them jared allen that's the name that i knew jared allen is one yeah. of them yeah that's dope they're trying to qualify for the next Winter Olympics. Yeah, they, yeah, I'm sure, and they'll probably be they're probably really good at it. They have all the resources in the world to practice. Yeah, they're already <laughs> practicing with the gold medal, the the yeah. reigning gold yeah, medalist team. Yeah, they're skipping a shitload of steps. You know, well, when it comes you can to do curling. you can do that when you have uh, yeah. uh, those types of connections. Yeah, but, but no, Gronk's gonna Gronk's gonna kill retirement, and McGregor will probably kill whatever he does post fighting career. Yeah, and like I said, this is his life. He's going to fight every year or two if he wants. And then outside of that, he's just going to be making money. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think this is the last we'll see McGregor of, of in the octagon. Yeah, he's for sure not retiring. You don't just like nonchalantly retire like that. Yeah. But all right, let's let's jump to the NBA. I uh, feel like it's got to be beaten out of him, you know. Well, he got the shit kicked out of him the last fight he was in. No, nah, yeah, but I mean like you know, like, oh, man, he's done. You know, like, fuck, he can't fight anymore. Yeah. Well, it'll it'll be interesting to see. But, all right, let's 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 go to the NBA. Um, now, you and I were both big supporters of the Ball family and Big Baller brand itself as, like, this grassroots company that could be revolutionary mm. to the shoe game. Yeah. And now... Last week, it was revealed that Lonzo Ball and Big Baller Brand have cut all ties with Alan Foster over $1.5 million going missing. And essentially now, after a bombshell article that was released by ESPN and written by Ramona Shelburne, uh, Foster basically played the Ball family. Mm -hmm. Foster had been in jail in the early 2000s for financial fraud and then had a parole violation that sent him back to jail for five months. And he was released in 2010, which was when he met the Ball family. He basically got out of jail and soon after uh, met the Ball family. Uh, And he, according to the article and everything that I'm talking about, uh, as far as details that go along with the story, all came from this ESPN article written uh, by Ramona Shelburne. So basically, Alan Foster was the one that reportedly convinced LeVar to start Big Baller Brand and turn it into an actual business. Uh, And Ramona Shelburne said on ESPN Radio here in L.A. on Monday that after Lonzo's mom, Tina, had her stroke uh, was when Alan began to really take a more active, serious and prominent role in Big Baller Brand. She also said that over the weekend, the family had talks to fold uh, Big Baller Brand as a company completely. 
uh, after everything that has come out. Uh, and in the article, Ramona broke down the percentages of who owns what in Big Baller brand. And Lonzo owns 51% of the company. LeVar owns 16.4%. And Tina and Allen both own 16.3% of the company. So it's going to be interesting to see how long the process takes to get Allen's percentage back into the Ball family's possession so they could, like, close this chapter on uh, mm-hmm. Big Baller brand. Yeah. And in my opinion, it's really unfortunate to see what has happened to the Ball family. And in my opinion, people should be ashamed of themselves for basically cheering for the downfall of yeah. Big Baller this, brand. This dude that they ran into is like a guy that they make movies about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like the wolf on Wall Street type of dude. You know what yeah. I mean? Like this guy, no, this guy, th- they were like vulnerable. Like you talk about with the stroke and like, you know, they were already had the Baller brand business started like they were printing and shirts and stuff but they didn't have anything like legit no, like it they, wasn't they, structured they weren't thi- no they weren't thinking to start making money off of people yet. right and uh well and they weren't there yet you no. know like the player the kids weren't there yet. right I mean, fuck but they were just doing it as a play on their name yeah their it was, family name yeah exactly and so i think uh this guy was just this guy's a snake in the grass 100 oh, you know? he's a snake and, in uh, the grass that's uh th- that's what you know that's that's too bad like you said it's unfortunate that yeah the people want to cheer for the downfall of, of big bar brand because of lavar and his antics and whatnot right but he never did anything to you know he was never hurting people he was just annoying he was just boisterous yeah so it is unfortunate but i suspect them to fold the brand completely yeah i i think and, so and go back to just having it as you know I don't know. Uh, I don't I, no. I don't think there's uh, going to be anything that big baller brand will never exist again. It's yeah. gone. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Other than like the shit that's out there for their, you know, I think for the most part, they're going to fold this brand up. Yeah. Like they're not going to sell shoes anymore. They're not going to no. sell apparel. They're yeah, not going to yeah. do any of that. No, the pop-up they, shops are done. Yeah. No, none of that stuff's probably going to go down. But um, I mean, they attempted something that could have been revolutionary to the basketball they, and shoe world. They added a lot of, they added a lot of dynamics to the game that weren't necessarily always there. Yeah. It's just unfortunate that, like, you know, the people that invested, you know, it didn't come to fruition of what they th- hoped it would. Right. You know, as far as, like, the kids that joined the JBA and stuff like that. And there, I, Ramona but, said there's a couple lawsuits about. Yeah, because uh, now they don't. About have, players not getting paid from the JBA. Yeah. Well, because they were, like, guaranteed a certain amount of years or right. something like that. Right. But it's like, I mean, at the same time, that sucks, too. I mean, that's like that's probably that's going to cause a lot of problems for them because they did promise these kids to yeah. to give up their NCAA you know, eligibility. And then to especially come to find out LaMelo wasn't getting paid. Well, and it now it, it's like was like Lithuania like LaVar's idea or like Alan really probably pushed him to do that. Yeah. All, all sorts. Of, I mean, you question everything, yeah. you know what I mean? He could have seeded all ideas. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it, it's unfortunate. It sucks that that happened, but it's good at the same time that Lonzo, I mean, is taking control of his own, uh, of his own life. I don't think there's any, like, I don't think LaVar did anything wrong. He was just trying to, you know, do yeah. what was best for his Yeah, kids. I mean, Lonzo, Lonzo and LaVar and the family trusted someone, and they got played to the tune of $1.5 million going missing. Mm-hmm. Now, and losing their brand. I yeah. mean, ultimately, I think this is what's 
you know, Alonzo and LaMelo, well, you know, as far as I know, you know, not that Joe wasn't on board either, but I just don't know. But they've they've been seen to, like, question LeVar's, like, method already. Yeah. Like, they were already questioning Big Baller Brand, I think. Yeah. So and this was just the final, like, okay, this gives me my excuse to tell Dad that, like, yo, this was dope. And it got us a lot of it, – it gained – it stepped us forward in life. It put us in another lane. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're all celebrities now. We're all getting way more followers than, like, people Dude, at our Facebook caliber. their Facebook show's getting million, million, million yeah. views, like, yeah. per episode. Yeah. And then, you know, the whole, like, you know, branding of a child – of a, a kid athlete, I think what they're taking away is not the brand, but it's just – like having your own shoe brand, but it's just like starting to make your own merch, like Z Wade and, yeah. and Brawny, and it's like T-shirts, and so you don't necessarily have to have your own company, but they they really like polarize the you know branding a kid, yeah. which w is brand new, you know. Also, and they and they've also helped you know, is there another way to become a pro basketball player other than the NCAA? Now that part didn't work out. Right, Lonzo played the NCAA, and he's the only one that's like made it. Right. But, I mean, luckily they caught it now. Imagine if they found this all out 15 years from now and $150 million was missing. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Lonzo probably had people – he's rolling with a different lane. He rolls with wealthy people now. Yeah. Everybody he's around is wealthy, and, you know, and that's uh, that's probably how they figured it out was just talking to people, and they're like, dude, you know, this probably isn't right. Yeah, so, I mean – at first, I couldn't really understand how no one in the Ball family knew about Alan Foster's criminal past. And so from everything that I heard and read from Ramona and other people that were reporting on the situation with the Ball family, uh, the Ball family was completely blindsided when they found out about his criminal past. And Ramona said on ESPN Radio yesterday on Monday that Alan Foster changed his name. Yeah, I was gonna... from Gregory Allen Foster to Allen Foster. And when she would like try and look him up for the story as Allen Foster, she couldn't find anything. But another investigative reporter who works for ESPN found out yeah. about the name change. And when she finally looked up Gregory Allen Foster mm -hmm. was when yeah. the criminal like past. Like I said, it's like the movie is like a con man and, and, a, and a snake in the grass and a savvy ass business guy, probably a really good talker. Probably he went to jail. Probably he went insanely to jail. smart. He went to jail for mail fraud and financial fraud, and he basically got people to invest $4 million with him, and it was all a scheme. Yeah. And that's why he went to no, jail. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy that people are good at stuff like that. But yeah. he, he's de definitely unfortunate for the Ball family. Yeah. So, but at the end of the, you know, at the end of the day, maybe it was, you know, the like I, a, a good thing. At a the end of the lining. at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a blessing in disguise for the yeah. entire family. Uh, like you said, Lonzo has now really taken control of his career, uh, and he deleted any sign of Triple B's, Allen and Lavar from his social media, and changed his profile pictures uh, to him as a little kid in a Nike shirt. Uh, obviously, sparking rumors that he's going to sign with Nike now that he is done with the Big Baller brand. He also picture, uh, posted a picture on Instagram with a retired number two jersey in the Staples Center rafters next to all the other retired jerseys uh, with the quote, it's only a crazy dream until you do it, which is the same slogan for a Serena Williams recent Nike ad campaign. Uh, Lonzo and Le I think it was originally Kaepernick. 
well, it was all part of that yeah. Uh, yeah. part of that same yeah. Nike yeah. ad campaign, but yeah. that quote was from the one yeah. with Serena pictured yeah. on it. Yeah. Uh, Lon- according to Ramona, Lonzo and Lavar are on speaking terms. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's safe to say things are a little dicey between Zoe and his dad. Yeah, and I, I bet that's not even. I bet that doesn't last long. I don't think it lasts long either because I don't think it's anyone's fault, and I don't think anyone had any ill will towards you know like lavar was not the dad trying to take advantage of his kids it right. was the exact opposite exactly lonzo owns 51 percent of the brand yeah it's not lavar owns 80 percent you know jello has two lamella has two Lonzo's. Yeah. that's not how it is the i think you know at the end of the day lonzo will know his dad likes was trying his hardest to set him up to have three nba sons 100 percent. and he did a pretty fucking good job he's probably gonna get two out of three which is pretty crazy yeah uh and and you know they got played they yeah got played by someone that like does this yeah and zo zo said to lavar that he was going to cut ties with allen when he finally like came to the re- realization that the 1.5 million dollars was missing and all of that mm-hmm. and basically he told lavar he was like i'm doing this whether you approve of it or not and eventually lavar like finally reluctantly said okay like let's cut ties yeah. and as you're gonna hold on you know what yeah I mean? like LeVar puts so much time and energy and money and, you know, his name and his reputation on the line for all of this stuff. 100%. And, it's, and, it, and it didn't work. So, of course, he's going to, like, want to hold on to the very last second. But it's smart to cut the ties and roll, and roll just get out of it, go. Yeah. Um, like, uh, like, like, like we both said, I think, I think it's all but certain that Lonzo signs with Nike. Uh, he said in the article uh, – that Ramona wrote, uh, if he wasn't wearing his signature big baller brand shoes, he'd be playing in Kobe's, uh, and he works out in LeBron's because they're heavier. Uh, he also said in the article that Ramona wrote that the Lakers have even asked him about his big baller brand shoes. And that's where, uh, the quote came from where he said he would play in Kobe's if he wasn't wearing big baller brand shoes. Yeah. And, and some people, you know, he's had two, he's missed time. Yeah, a lot of people think that, uh, the ankle injuries are from the shoes. I don't go that far. I'm I don't, that, I'm not that far. I'm not that like Lonzo said he wouldn't play in them if he wasn't comfortable in them. Yeah. It's and, as simple and, as that. It, and dude, we both know Mar- Mar- Stefan Marbury rock. He those, played in $10 and 99 cent shoes. You know, like people, uh, there's no like right shoe, you know, like shoes are shoes for the most part. You know, I, I don't think he's he was not out there in something that's worse than people. Have already, I mean, Shaq was rocking fucking L.A. gear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so do you think LeBron had anything to do with this? Like I said, maybe, you know, I, he's rolling with a different crowd. People talk and ask different questions like they know shit like we like i wouldn't know where to be like where to jump in that conversation i would have nothing to give to that conversation right because i'm not in that lane but all of a sudden like lebron starts talking and you start listening because like oh shit you know like you start connecting dots or vice versa lonzo's talking and lebron's listening and And he's like nah that seems a little fishy to me so LeBron might have looked into something. But anybody. that That's what I yeah. meant by that. Con- like, he only is with wealthy people now. He used to be a, a, around rich people probably when he was younger and stuff. But that's different. You know, like, yeah. the the rich and the, the super mega No, I mean, rich, once you, you know? get an NBA contract, you get put in a different lane. Yeah, you're in the 1%. You <laughs> yeah. Know, like, almost instantly. Not I mean, not all of them, but probably, like, a good, all the, most of the veterans – Probably over, you know, 95% of veterans are in the 1%. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it's what's crazy is this reminds me so much of Kobe when he was young and he went through his struggles with his parents. Yeah. Because they went through a whole estrangement period. Oh, dude, it's like, I mean, oh, wow, like sons go through hard times with their dads when they're becoming a man. Like, no shit. (laughs) Shocker. Like this. That's what that's how it fucking goes. You know what? 21 year old is on the same page as his dad all the time. Yeah. It's just it doesn't make any sense. And these guys are polarizing. They're under a microscope and we hear everything. And LeVar is a trainer. LeVar is an ex-athlete, a successful ex-athlete. Kobe's dad is an ex-athlete, a successful, a successful one, yeah. a trainer. They've had their hands on them their whole lives. It's very, very hard to let go of the wheel. And sometimes you'll hold on too long. Yeah. And, and you'll create a rift. But like, like Kobe and his dad, you know, they, yeah. they got. They, they're good now. They're good. Although, you know, like. I think Kobe's dad only saw him play like a dozen games. That he did not see him play very much. Yeah, they I weren't even at the eighty-one point game. I don't yeah. think. No, no, they barely ever came. Yeah. So weird. But I mean, I think it's I think it's good. I think that, Lonzo and Lebar are gonna be fine. And I think I think this is ultimately gonna be great for Lonzo's career. Mm-hmm. And and the and probably just the family in general, just putting it behind you. They're gonna get a lot of hate out the jump. And, and look, the, they, the next month is gonna be tough. But, like, every month after that, it's going to just, like, dwindle. Yeah, and look, they tried something. It didn't work. So yeah. what? And they, and they by try, by reaching for the stars, what people always say, well, if I reach for the star, you know, yeah. like, I could grab the moon or whatever the fuck the saying is. Yeah. You know? it's, it's like they really did that, though. You know, they reached for the stars, and we're, we're not going to take everything away from what the balls did. But some of the stuff that they did, Dude, like, and, changed the game. And think about, think about this. Like, yeah, people can say the JBA didn't work. They took kids on a whole world tour, and they these yeah. kids got to play in countries they would have never gone to in their entire gave, life. They gave them an opportunity to get, you know, get paid to play basketball, and yeah. it was ultimately their choice as a young adult. It's not anything that you can't blame the league no. for the players signing up. Yeah. It just, that just the players knew what they were signing up for. It's because they're young that people want to, like, blame the league, but it's listen, you're an adult. Like, yeah. But – all right, let's let's talk about some stuff that's going on on the court now. Uh, obviously, as there's what like ten nine games left in the season, mm-hmm. uh, the rookie of the year race is is really starting to heat up, mm-hmm. and it, it's really been hot all all year because it's between two guys that were traded for each other on draft day. Yeah, and these guys will always be intertwined together now. Yeah. Uh, very similar to Magic and Larry. Uh, Jason Tatum and Brandon Ingram. Well, they weren't in the same draft class, but a lot of people compare Brandon Ingram and Jason Tatum. No, yeah, they're they're, uh, they're definitely intertwined because you know. But you get like you, you get said, what you get what I'm same, saying. Same draft class. I mean, it's like LeBron and Melo. Yeah, LeBron Melo. Yeah, they they're intertwined. Just guys that you like, you know, KD and Odin. You just like when you think of that draft, those are like the names you think of, and then on top of that, they were traded for each other. Yeah. Uh, which makes it even, you know, even more crazy. I think, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of like a good example of two stars being traded. I can't remember if it was like Ray Allen or Paul Pierce or someone was traded like on draft day for another good player. But I mean, these are two stars that were traded for each other on draft day before anyone knew anything. So they're definitely going to be always intertwined. Yeah. And these, and these two players were really 
big question marks. And I think Luca is still going to win it, even though Trey is like pushing really hard. Yeah. Um, I just think that Luca built a good like foundation in people's mind to where it's it's like you're you're like Trey Young's success has just been chipping away at Luca. Right. Yeah. You know, like Luca has the big lead on the rookie of the year award and Trey's just kind of been trying to chip away at it. But I don't know if he's actually chipped away enough to actually win it. Yeah, I think I think uh with Luca he Because their stats are great. I mean both their stats are good. Both of them are not out of the playoffs. So it's like in a similar sense, they're in the same position. Good stats, bad team, rookie yeah. year. You can give it to either one. But I think Luca's just kind of like captured the the masses. Yeah, that's that's where I think Luca has the advantages. He he is this captivating story. He was this big unknown because so many people had not seen him play mm. because he was a professional in Europe before coming over. Trey uh, didn't play in the tournament. They, yeah, Trey they, played they, one game in the tournament last year. Yeah, did they make the tournament? I think they were part of that playing game and they lost. Because yeah, because I mean they had they they were a terrible Big Twelve team. Yeah, yeah, you know? and. I mean, both both of these guys were question marks coming into the league. A lot of people didn't think they would their games would translate well to the NBA. Well, they didn't know. I mean, they were high picks, so obviously they thought there's a possibility. But no one really knew these. You know, no one knows if the European guy you haven't seen play a lot is going to be a stud. And then the undersized shooter, you yeah, never know if that's going to work. But I, I mean, I think most basketball fans knew that Luca was going to be a hooper. And and Trey Young, you know, I think more people are surprised that Trey Young is doing well than Luca. I think, I think a Luke, lot more Luke, people are Luke, surprised at Trey Young than yeah, Luca. Yeah, Luca was kind of like people expected him to be good. They didn't. I don't think they expected him to have this good of a year, but we definitely expected him to be a good player. And he was definitely someone that was like perennial All Star potential. I even yeah. I even considered him an MVP candidate in the future. When we talked about this draft class, Luca, yeah, yeah, and oh, Trey yeah. Young, I talked about that's you know Trey Young could easily go the flop route um, because they he's both shooting, could, you know, he's he could be he could be Jimmer, um, Jimmer, but uh, uh, you know I thought he but he can also go the Steph Curry route, yeah, that that's his that's his ability. So I mean I'm a big Trey Young fan, big Luca fan. I think they're both got big time uh, futures. I have them, but right now I think Luca's gonna take it home uh, i'd have to agree with that all right uh, another thing uh lebron is missing the playoffs for the first time in 14 years yeah. so i found i love the little mix where it was like all the people saying how many games the lakers are gonna win when they got lebron well it's like all these 50s and stuff well i was there with them it was well yeah no we all were uh actually i think 50 was my number yeah, I have uh, at fifty or fifty one. But uh no, it's fun <laughs> it's funny, it's a funny little clip. But uh I I found some uh a, a couple fun facts about what life was like back when LeBron had missed the playoffs fourteen years ago. Uh ninety five point six percent of the current players in the yeah. league were not in the NBA. Yep. Which is insane. Yeah, I mean the the figures I've done this before. <laughs> my rabbit holes but <laughs> if you if you go if you start at the uh the percentage of players in their rookie year mm -hmm. it's a huge number and the the second year huge number and then the third year like huge number and then it dramatically drop starts dropping off every year but the percentage of players in their first three years in the nba is like 80 percent damn it's it's a or maybe not quite 80 but it's it's a super it's a really high number 
it, you'd be surprised. Like that's it's rare to get your second contract. Yeah. No. Listen. I mean, the I, I think the average like lifespan like of a career. Months. Well, no, just the the average lifespan of a career of a professional athlete, I think, is about three to five years. Yeah, I think yeah, that's that's probably like all sports. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Football is like nine months or something. Well, like yeah, that. like a, I think a running think back average is like three years. Is like eighteen months. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, another one: Twitter and Instagram did not exist. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, there's that classic, uh, that classic video of LeBron at WWE yeah. Raw. And he's taking a video on his flip phone. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just crazy. That would come a long way. Uh, speaking of a flip phone, the iPhone did not exist the last time LeBron d- did not make the playoffs. Yep. Uh, and this is the first time since the NBA-ABA merger. Yeah, this is a weird This is a weird stat that's been rolling around. That either Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, or LeBron James was not in the NBA playoffs. That's, that's one of those stats where it's just like, I don't understand what this is telling me. Well, the, it's a dynasty league or what? Well, you know, no, just like, either either one of these know, four players has been in the playoffs. At least one of these four players has been yeah. in the playoffs every year since the merger. That's just like, all right, more than half the team makes the playoffs. Well, I don't know. It, uh, that's just, no, I know, but it's like, that's just one of those stats where they'll like come up with in the middle of the game. And it's <laughs> like, this is this, only the second player ever to do this like fucking weird combination of shit. Yeah, it's just like, all right, but what is this like? This doesn't like it doesn't help yeah. Shaq, Michael Jordan, LeBron, or Kareem. Like no one thinks more of it, like, dude, they were part of the four. They're the like, o- like the only two like LeBron and Shaq were in the same were in the league at the same time. Michael Jordan and Shaq were in the league at the same time, but Kareem and Shaq were never in the league at the same time. Kareem and LeBron were never in the league at the same time, yeah. but Kareem and Michael were. Yep. And Kareem and, and Michael and Shaq. Yeah, Michael and Shaq were. Yeah, no, I mean, I it's definitely like you know, I get what it is, but it's like, duh, the st- the main star of the time made the playoffs every year. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's just like if you did, if you went five names, you could probably make a huge chain of a bunch of random, like, you know. Yeah. Fuck, throw Tim Duncan in there. See Kobe. His, see how? Well, that's the same span though. But it's like you, th- you know, you can throw. It's it just doesn't show much to me. All right. It's a weird one. It's a weird stat to come up with of all the ones they were going to come up with. Yeah. All right. Oh, another good one. Candy Shop was the number one song at the time. Ah, Shout nice. out 50. Yeah, that's funny. No, so what was it? What was the year he didn't make the playoffs? 03, 05. 0304. Well, his rookie year was 0304. And he made the playoffs in 0405. I think that was the last year he didn't make the playoffs. So he would have made him 0506. Yeah. Was to be the first year. That seems wrong. That seems weird. I just thought he made the playoffs like his, uh, uh, every year, other than his rookie year. How many years did they say he's been to the playoffs? Fourteen. And this is his sixteenth year. Yeah. So yeah, he only missed his rookie year. This year and his rookie year, the other fourteen. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. yeah. All right. So so it was oh four oh five. Yeah. Was the last time he made the playoffs? That was my that was my sophomore year of high school. Oh four oh five. I will. Wait. That was my sophomore sophomore year of high school. That was my sophomore year of high school. Yep, 2005. I I remember the year very well. Damn, that was my. I was in fifth grade. Yeah. So last time LeBron, I couldn't drive. 
The last last <laughs> the last time LeBron wasn't couldn't in, drive. I was in fifth grade. I wasn't even in middle school. I man, there's there's a bunch of shit. It's crazy. I was uh, trying to think of the shit that was like going on in 2005. Yeah, jeez. Or 2004, I guess. He was in, in the playoffs in 2005. Yeah. But, all right. So, last week, we talked about how the NBA had broken the record this year for most players with 50-plus points uh, in a game. Now, another player has joined that club to make it 12. And Told you. Yeah, you called it last literally, week. Literally, the two names I said were D-Book and Trey Young. And Devin Booker has joined the 50-point club this season. He dropped 59 points in a loss on Monday for the Suns. None of his other teammates reached double digits in the game. Yeah, that shit's terrible. <laughs> Save Devin Booker, please. Get him out of Phoenix. Yeah, or get him some help. No, he's got to get out of Phoenix. Well, he signed that big extension, so. Well, yeah, I, I guess that's true. But he's doomed. And also, James Harden has had two more 50-point-plus games. In back-to-back games, he had 57 points and 61 points, and he tied Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant for the most points in a two-game span with 118 total points. Wilt Chamberlain was so consistent. Like, (laughs) How did he average 50 a game and never get 118 I don't know. Like he was legitimately get just, just getting I'm getting 50. I'm gonna get my fifty and then I'm subbing out, coach. <laughs> yeah. I mean really, that's crazy. Well, and how many points Maybe he's the first since Michael Jordan. Uh, yeah, I mean maybe they're just not even counting Wilt for this. Because yeah, I mean yeah. how many points did he score in the game after he dropped a hundred? That's what, that's <laughs> what I mean. He had to have had eighteen. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> no, but it's still that's a crazy accomplishment. James Harden's for sure the MVP. This is a way better season than he even had last year when the Rockets were the first seed in the West over over the Warriors. Honestly, this is just like this is the year you'll always remember with Harden. Well, and what's crazy is, and I didn't even realize this until now, he's second in the league in steals per game. He's, uh, I mean, this is his. It's I've seen T Mac, I've seen Kobe, I've seen you know guys like Gilbert Arenas. Yeah, I've, but it really Gilbert didn't do it to that extent but like i've seen this happen you know a few times ai a few times in my life um where someone truly just seems unstoppable offensively and now james harden's one of those guys yeah uh i mean he's he's having a great year i have to put it now like i never thought i would add someone to the the mcgrady kobe ai list you know like as far as just like the guy that like when I think of a guy scoring the rock from the perimeter, that's the one. You know, yeah. James Harden is that guy because KD is a little more of a jump shooter, uh, and not not as much as like an isolation ball scorer like those other guys were. Yeah. And then you know the other guys were were like big. You know, LeBron's not LeBron's not a scorer. Melo Melo is probably the other one that's like in that that group. But yeah, it's not not a ton of guys out there in that list. No, 36 a game is no fucking joke. I, it, it's just so hard for me to want to give him the MVP. I've only seen Kobe do that. <laughs> yeah. Literally in my life, I've only seen Kobe do that. Yeah. And he's doing it right now. Yeah. It's just, it's so hard. Like, I'm, I'm still going back and forth on Giannis and Harden about MVP because 
of how Harden started the season and how Giannis has There's been so There's always consistent. a great player that had an unreal season that doesn't win MVP. Yeah. Every single year. Yeah. There's someone like Giannis that has, like, an unreal career year. So you're giving it to Harden. It's no doubt. Easy. Okay. I don't even think – like, I think, like I say, every year at this time, it's just a debate to have. It, yeah. It, it's already – it's already locked up. And I think everybody knows who it's going to. You're kind of I think you're just trying to you're just with, trying to like have some fun and throw some names in with that. Milwaukee being number 1 in the East though. It's like he's on the best player on the best team like yeah, that but, argument. But it's the Bucks in the East and it's like, you know, it's just not the it's just not the same. That doesn't necessarily win you MVP. No, not necessarily. Like, Paul George, to me, is just right there with Giannis. Well, no, see, Paul George fell off because the Thunder fell off very hard. Yeah, but uh, but you know what I mean. I'm just saying, but like... No, yeah, I do. It's, I do. It's, it's tough being a Milwaukee Buck and being, you know, having a name like Giannis does. It's just like he's just not ever, like, the sexiest pick. But he's going to get over that hump and it never look back, for sure. It's just yeah. that I don't think he's going to get it this year just because... Even though he might be the most important valuable player to his team he's just hardens hardened scoring is just too unreal to not give him the mvp just like it was when russ got triple doubles that first year yeah and russ he's pretty close he needs like only a few more rebounds and a few more assists to lock up that triple double average again amazing dude amazing doesn't get doesn't get talked enough about enough i try and talk about it as much as i can yeah well it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got a you got a shout out before we get out of here? Uh yeah. I mean, we talked about him, but I can't not uh have him be my shout out because he's one of my all time favorite athletes. That's Rob Gronkowski. I knew it. I knew it. On on a nine year career. To me, I I have two I, I always said he was well not always, but I've said he was the greatest tight end of all time for the last couple of years, and I believe that first battle um, Hall of Famer. You know, if it wasn't, and if it wasn't, and I always say this right after I say he's the greatest of all time, if it wasn't for Tony Gonzalez, I would 100% like fight it till I was blue in the face, you know, <laughs> blue face baby. And, yeah, uh, I, but, but I can't, you know, like I won't, I won't argue. Like if I say Rob's a go and you say Tony Gonzalez, I won't, I won't argue it because he did it for so long and yeah. he has such great numbers. Um, but Gronk, I mean, as far as like a one-game tight end, the best I've ever seen, he is like he's the, unguardable. He's the best tight end I've ever seen. You know, it's he had incredible hands. He made big plays at big moments, and he was also he was, one of he was he, also one of the best blocking tight ends. Yeah, of and all he was time. a lineman. He was a lineman that was running routes. He, you know, he was a better blocker than Tony. He was bigger than Tony. Yep. Um, and it's not a comparison to t him and no. Tony because, like I said. I won't argue Tony Gonzalez as being the GOAT, um, but I do vote Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, he's he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Walked away, walked away. He, on his uh, own terms. Uh, on the Super Bowl win. So he's up there with Ray Lewis. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Uh, Jerome Bettis. John Elway. John Elway. You know, that's a great. You say Ray Lewis? Yep. That's a great list to be on. Yeah. All right. My shout out this week is to Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, he suffered a season-ending gruesome leg injury last night. It reminded me of the Paul George injury. So, uh, God, so was it a compound fracture? Oh yeah. So the bone was sticking out. I don't. It, I don't. It wasn't sticking out, but it was sticking the other way. 
That's so good. I and we talked about this on the way, but I hate breaks like blood. You guts. you didn't see the injury. I, mean, I haven't seen the injury, and I purposely never watch knee injuries. Well, there's uh, it a wasn't list, his knee or leg injuries in general, like limb injuries. I mean, even yeah. an arm. Like I've never seen the Bogut injury. Oh, that one was bad. I've, ne- I've never. I I've saw that one. Never. Like I've never laid eyes on the Bogut injury. Never laid eyes on the Baron Davis. I never didn't see the Baron never Davis. uh uh Kevin Ware, never I saw seen that. Paul George. Saw that. Never saw um Gordon Hayward, you never Gor- saw Gordon Hayward, never watched that. I saw that. I can't I can't uh I can't see I mean there's some that when I was watching I saw. Yeah. But like Did you see the Sean Livingston one? Yep. Yeah, me for too. Sure. Which is gross, but and I think that's like what ultimately what happened to Baron Davis's knee. Yeah. Similar. But, uh, I haven't seen, I I never watch them because they're just they, they never leave my mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, for the rest as of we're my, t- as we're talking about it, I just see his yeah. what happened to yeah, his and leg. And I play and sports, so I don't want to fucking see that <laughs> shit. And and the other thing is, I've never broken a bone. I've broken three uh, bones, which is I think another reason why breaks freak me out because I don't know how I'd react. <laughs> yeah, Dude, when I broke my hand, ooh, bad. yeah, you know, like I I uh, I've been hurt before, but I've never actually like broke a bone. Yeah, that's crazy. I've broken my hand, my foot, and my toe. Closest thing I've gotten a broken a bone is like dislocating fingers. Dude, my, so finger, like my fingers look, are all jacked. So up. like my finger looked like it was broken, you know, like because there's fucking shit pointing weird. Ways. Oh yeah, my fingers are all but jacked up like just, that. They were just just dislocated, no breaks. But yeah, uh, thoughts out to to Nurkic. Yeah, man. I hope That's Nurkic tough. and and I like Nurkic. He's a fighter. Yeah, dude. I hope I hope he's got. I hope he has a speedy recovery. He he's an absolute monster. He was having a great year this year. Of course, man. The the those guys in Portland are so unlucky. And he was such a vital piece to Portland's success. And now they got yeah. they got CJ down for another five games with his knee injury. Yeah. They lost Nurkic for the entire season. And who knows how long next season. Yeah, they're done. They're not a threat in the first round anymore, I don't think. It's just like you can't lose a big piece like that in the playoff time. You can't. Like, then, you know, a rotational player stepping up to be a starter. Yeah. A guy that's not in the rotation is probably going to – be bumped in the rotation Dude, or and it happened in uh, double overtime four people you know bump their minutes yeah and it happened in double overtime last night like oof, uh, nah, that sucks but all right with that that wraps up this episode of the tsk show don't forget you can find us at tsk show on facebook twitter and instagram if you want to find myself or tyler on social media be sure to follow us at the duke of sports and at tyler Pacholki. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well. We are also now officially on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK Show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.